The second reading is from Galatians, the sixth chapter. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. This is the word of the Lord. The theme for these Latin messages is the fellowship of the cross. As you know from last week, it comes from the Lord of the Rings, where there was the fellowship of the ring, where nine different kinds of creatures covenanted together to bring the, the ring to Mount Mordor, to the fires of Mount Doom, and destroy it. And through these messages, my goal is to help us understand ourselves. This group of people, Emmanuel Church, as the fellowship, the fellowship of the ring. Now, the fellowship of the ring gathers around, the fellowship of the cross gathers around three things. First, we gather around the, the belief that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ are the most important things that ever happened in all of human history. The death of Jesus Christ for our sins and his resurrection and glory has touched us and changed us. Second, we covenant together to live lives that glorify God, to live lives in obedience to God. Our morals and our values and our standards are of the highest character because we stand at the foot of the cross. And third, we exist to tell anybody who will listen the story of Jesus and the story of the cross. And last week I asked you to wear crosses. And I see lots of crosses and people have told me stories of the crosses that they're wearing. My cross and Val's cross are the crosses that we received when we went to Via de Cristo as pilgrims. Anybody else got one? Don't think we got Via de Cristo crosses. My goal here is to help us identify ourselves more clearly with the cross of Jesus Christ by having it on us. Not to be ashamed to have it around your neck. Some folks carry it in your pocket so that we know who we are as a people. We're part of a fellowship, the fellowship of the cross. Tonight I want to talk to you about we glory in the cross. We boast about the cross. And I begin with the story. Uh, we spent a year, Val and I, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, serving the Fellowship Community Church. It was a, a non-denominational church. Um, it was a church where there were more people present than it had members. It was wonderful. And uh, we, we were an English-language church, and the goal was to reach out to the English-speaking community. And so from time to time, we found ourselves at certain social events. 
And one night we found ourselves at the home of the Consul General of the United States Consulate in Sao Paulo. Now, some people would call what we were doing evangelism. I would call it schmoozing. (laughs) We simply went around and visited with people. I wore my collar so people didn't have any idea. Uh, People knew exactly who I was. And I talked about people, about the church, and people would say, oh, yes, well, we're going to come to your church sometime, and they never did. (laughs) And I got to talking to, to two ladies, and one of the ladies began to tell me that she didn't need organized religion. Now, maybe she'd like disorganized religion or unorganized religion. She was spiritual. She had her own religion. She was going to be a good lady. She didn't need the church, and she didn't need, need any of that stuff. And she went on and on. And when she finished, I simply said to her, yes, ma'am, but in our church, we preach Christ crucified. And she kind of sucked in her breath and melted away. In our church, we preach Christ crucified. Writing to the church in Corinth, which he had founded two or three years before, St. Paul wrote these words. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words of wis- or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if I may paraphrase that, Paul was saying, I decided to do nothing but establish among you a fellowship of the cross. Now, I told you on Sunday that uh, there are times when I have ideas that are not exactly in the mainstream. And when I share them with you, I warn you about them in advance. So you can take them for what they're worth. But I'm going to share you an understanding of, of this passage of St. Paul from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Before Paul came to, to Corinth to preach there, he had been in Athens. Now, Athens was the, the capital, the, the intellectual capital of the world. It was the home of, of Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, people whose writings are still studied today. Philosophy was, was, was a big thing in, in Athens. And here came Paul with this message. And the question that was before him was, how do I present the gospel to these really, really intellectual people? It's like when an actor or a play goes to Broadway. He was playing the big time. And so what Paul decided to do was to uh, be, was to quote their poets and to quote their philosophers, to show them that he understood what they were talking about. <clears throat> and he's there on the Mars. Anybody been to Athens? You've, can you see the Areopagus, Mars Hill? And he was standing there, and up there was the, uh, was the uh, Parthenon. He's talking to all these philosophers. And he talked, he used, he quoted their poets, 
And then at the end, as St. Luke tells us in Acts 17, he talked about Jesus and the resurrection. And in this sermon to the philosophers, as far as we know, there was no mention of the cross. As a result of that sermon, nothing happened. There were very few converts in, in Athens. There was no, there, in the Bible, there was no letter to the Athenians. <laughs> because the gospel just didn't take hold in Athens amongst those intellectual types. And here's the part that's different from most people. I think, I think when Paul left Athens, he was crushed. This is the one time where the gospel didn't catch on at all. And as he walked from Athens down to Corinth, he wondered how in the world am I to present this message? And when he got to Corinth, he says this, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Because I think St. Paul had a crisis of confidence in his preaching. And he says here, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words of wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the message. Now, it's not a very attractive message, is it? The message of the cross is not very attractive. The cross is absolutely ugly, as we said last Sunday. Crucifixion was so bad that you could not crucify a Roman citizen. It was too disgusting, it was too disgraceful. And now here comes Paul saying, the guy on the cross is the Son of God and the Savior. Does that make any sense at all? Now we've seen in recent days how politicians can take an idea and twist it and turn it, haven't we? So you can imagine someone twisting and turning what Paul is saying, come and worship a criminal. The message of Christ crucified is just so <sighs> repulsive. It's not attractive. And yet that was the message. And Paul knew it because he says here in chapter 1, For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews. Jews just can't get over the idea of a crucified Savior. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. The Gentiles just laugh at it. It's dumb. The message of the cross is not an attractive message. But, St. Paul says, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, it is Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God for God's foolishness. I love this. God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. God knows what God is doing. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. But for most folks, the, the message of the cross is not, is not attractive. Let me give you a couple of examples. In my ministry, I've had the opportunity to go to three national church conventions. We went to Dallas, we went to Louisville, and we went to Kansas City. National church conventions. And there, you saw all the bishop types. 
running around in their black suits, doing their bishop kinds of stuff. And, <laughs> and they were all wearing crosses. But their crosses were in the breast pocket of their suits. So when you looked at them, what you saw was this chain going to their pocket. And you really had no idea what was on the end of the chain. You know, was it a, was it a telephone? Was it a key to their hotel? And so the question was, why, why were they doing that? Were they ashamed of the cross? Why did they do that? Well, I think they did it because it flopped around. It got in the way. And they didn't want the cross to get in the way, so they put it in their pocket. Well, that's the way the cross is. The cross gets in the way. Get used to it. Yes, the cross makes us uncomfortable. The cross gets in the way. I wish they didn't do that. Another story. I don't know if this is true or not. It's one of my favorite stories. Uh, If it's not true, it should be true. There was a large church in New York that had a wonderful boys' choir, young boys. And they would process process into the church and and sing these wonderful, wonderful anthems. And one day, the uh, director said, boys, in a couple of weeks, we're going to go into the church singing Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as to War. Oh, the boys were excited about that. And after the director left, the boys said, hey, let's do this. Let's all go home and make crosses and bring them on that Sunday and carry them into church. So the boys scattered and they made their crosses and they came in that Sunday and some were big and some were small and some were nicely made and some were not not so nicely made and some were painted and some were ugly, but the boys had done it, done them. And the boys were standing there with their crosses, and the director came in. And he saw these crosses, and he was just he was flabbergasted. He said, you can't do that. He said, you take, you take those crosses and put them behind the door and get in line and go in and sing. So the boys did that. And they went into the, into the church, and they sang this. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching us to war, with the cross of Jesus hid behind the door. (laughs) With the cross of Jesus hid behind the door. And as I listen to preaching today, I think for most pastors and most preaching, that's where the cross is. It's hid behind the door because you don't pack churches out preaching the cross. It's a message that for many people is so offensive. And so what you preach is you preach nice and light and airy stuff. I was watching a guy on TV just this morning. He looked right into the camera and he said, I don't know who you are, but I have a revelation from God that you're going to have the most wonderful time in your life. He didn't know who I was. But that was the message, because that's the message that's attractive, and that's the message that raises money. 
And people preach prosperity. And they preach feeling good. And they preach love, and that's okay. But they don't preach the cross. Here, my goal for us is to understand ourselves as the fellowship of the cross, to take the cross seriously, and to take the cross to heart. And now, this evening's sermon title, which was, We Boast About the Cross. That's what we do as Christians. And the reading, of course, was from, uh, from Galatians, the, the sixth chapter. And in this, in this chapter, at the end of the, end of the, the letter, Paul is talking about well, really why he wrote the letter. You see, Paul had come to these churches in Galatia. It was an area. And he had preached Christ. He had preached the cross. He preached, you don't need anything else but the cross. He preached grace and grace alone. But there were other Christians who believed in the cross and who believed in the resurrection, but also believed that if you wanted to be a Christian, you had to take upon yourself the Jewish law. They were called Judaizers. They were Christians, but they came with a different gospel. And after Paul came and preached his gospel, they came right behind him preaching this other gospel, insisting that if you wanted to be a Christian, you had to put yourself under the, under the Mosaic law. And for men, that meant circumcision. And so for, for men, if you were, they said you want to be a Christian, you have to be circumcised. And, and what St. Paul says here, even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh, that they may boast that they have won over one of Paul's converts to their way of looking at the Christian faith. And Paul says this, May I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We boast about the cross. The cross says something very important about us. The cross says about us that we cannot do it on our own. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot make ourselves right with God. Now, most people think that they can make themselves right with God. Just as, as long as they do more good stuff than bad stuff, you see, and the scales tip on the good stuff, God's going to love you. No, 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 no. If you break one part of the law, you've broken all of it. And God has said to all of us, you need help. You can't make yourself right with me. Therefore, therefore, I'm sending my son. Now, this lady I talked about before, she would hear none of that, not interested in that. She can do it by herself, just by being good. But you and I, as, as members of the Fellowship of the Cross, we embrace the cross. We say, yes, I need help. We say, yes, I cannot make myself right with God. I cannot get forgiveness of my sins by myself. <clears throat> I admit I need this help. 
And I get this help through the cross, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as St. Paul says here, may I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified for me and I to the world. That is to say, I'm done with the world. That's how I would hope that we can understand ourselves as a church, as Christians. We're part of the fellowship of the cross. We love the cross. We love the Savior who died on the cross because we know what he did for us. Men and women and boys and girls coming to love the Lord Jesus Christ above anything else. The fellowship of the cross. That's who we are. And we're proud of it. Amen.